just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back on the Rational Boomer Podcast. Hope all is going well. We're in a Thanksgiving week, so it's a short week for most folks. Most people will have Thursday off and maybe Friday as well. So we got to love the short weeks. It doesn't change my schedule much, but uh, my schedule's pretty easy going. You know, we do what we do, and we do the TikToks, and we do the podcast, and I enjoy doing that. So whether it's Thanksgiving or not doesn't matter to me that much. But I wanted to start off this podcast with kind of a ridiculous story, a story that can't be taken seriously, a story that is created by a bunch of gullible fools. Now, you remember back toward the early part of November, the uh, actually it was November 2nd, and uh, all the QAnon Trump LaFuck creeps showed up at Dealey Plaza because they believed JFK Jr. was going to come back, reinstall Donald Trump as president, and uh, also some other celebrities that are now passed on would come back to life somehow and show up. In fact, some of the people went around saying, yeah, I think I saw John Wayne or whoever the fuck they saw. Well, the event turned into a big nothing. JFK Jr. didn't show up. Oh, big surprise. No dead celebrities showed up, and they looked absolutely foolish. (laughs) But then recently I heard a woman talking on TikTok, and she said, well, of course they didn't show up. There was a breach in security, and they didn't show up. You know it's true. They're going to come. These idiots honestly believed JFK Jr. was going to show up and that Donald Trump would once again be president. And who did they hear that from? QAnon. I've said this before. QAnon's been talking for three years now. Everything that QAnon has predicted has not come true. I mean everything. But these fools continue to follow this character, whoever it is, and we think we know who it is, a couple of loser pedophiles that uh, are internet geeks. But you would think once you had an event like that and are horribly embarrassed, you wouldn't want to do that again. You wouldn't want to look foolish again. But as I said, at least one woman I heard said, oh, they they were coming. It was just a breach in security, and they couldn't come, but they're still coming. (laughs) Somehow they still believed it. Well, like a week ago, they went back to Dealey Plaza, waiting for JFK Jr. to show up. And guess what? He didn't show up again. Now, you would think two times after being embarrassed that you would say, all right, We fucked up here. This isn't going to work. They're not coming back. We were fooled. You can't fool us again. (laughs) But you know what? On November 22nd, Monday, the anniversary of the assassination of John F. Kennedy, they did it again. 
They showed up in Dealey Plaza, had a big crowd out there. Now, here's the funny thing. I would have thought they would have picked uh, November 22nd as their first choice. That was the anniversary of JFK's assassination. That would make more sense (laughs) in a situation that makes absolutely no fucking sense. That'd be the one thing that made a little more sense. But they did show up on the 22nd on Monday. JFK's anniversary of his assassination, and they were waiting for JFK Jr. and a bunch of other celebrities that are now dead but will come back alive because QAnon told them they would. (laughs) And guess what? Once again, nobody showed. Now, are these people going to use their critical thinking and say, well, yeah, we were fooled three times is a charm. Not going to do this again. No, they won't do that. Because they're idiots. They will rationalize this out. Come up with some stupid idea why they didn't show, but they're still coming. They will still do this. You know, we argue with Trumplicans about policy, about politics, about politicians. But how can you even take these people seriously? I mean, they're like children watching pro wrestling and thinking it's real. It's not real. Now, I know you pro wrestling fans will say it is real. They get hurt and all that stuff. Yeah, they, they are athletes, and they do dangerous stuff. But the outcome is predetermined. I'm not, I'm not trying to say anything bad about wrestling. I loved wrestling when I was a kid. My kids loved wrestling when they were kids. But you know what I mean. It's all hype. It's a show. And that's what's happening with this QAnon thing. I think they're getting their jollies out of just seeing what they can do to make people look foolish. Because over and over again, these people follow the advice, follow the direction of this QAnon piece of shit, and they keep getting embarrassed, and they keep getting disappointed. When do you stop? I mean, how many times does somebody have to lie to you before you say, all right, not believing you anymore, because you fooled us too many times? Apparently, there is no end to it with these Trumplifucks and the QAnon devotees. Because QAnon can keep spewing shit, constantly be wrong, and they'll still show up in Dealey Plaza. I don't doubt people from all over the country took plane trips, long car rides, just to show up because they knew JFK Jr. was going to show up. Well, JFK Jr. is not going to show up. He is dead. (laughs) And so are all the celebrities that you claim will come back to life. And more importantly, even if JFK Jr. did come back to life, he still couldn't reinstall Donald Trump as president because the Constitution doesn't allow it. There is no way possible Donald Trump could come back in office. Now, if you remember, uh, Mike Lindell, the pillow guy, he kept telling us, oh, yeah, Donald Trump's going to be back in office before Thanksgiving. Well, Thanksgiving's a day or two away. I haven't heard much action on that. I haven't heard much from Mike Lindell of where it's going to happen, when it's going to happen, and how it's going to happen. And again, Mike Lindell has constantly told us over and over and over again, he has the truth, he has the evidence, but you never see the fucking evidence. He even had a telethon where he was going to reveal all the evidence, and then when he did reveal what he had, his own people said, yeah, that's not a fucking thing, that's not evidence, that's bullshit. But still, he wants to push the narrative that he has the evidence. And the, the fact that we've never seen it isn't important. He does have it. <laughs> 
And I understand there's still people down in Arizona try, convinced that there was some fraud in the Arizona election, in spite of the fact several courts said there wasn't, in spite of the fact the cyber ninjas who spent six months there trying to figure it out, fucking things up, costing the state more money, and they didn't find anything. So what is it that continues to push these people to tell the big lie? They listen to anybody. You know, I listen to this, and, you know, I've been a salesman in my past. And I look at these people and how gullible they are. If I happen to be a less-than-ethical salesman, I would love to be in a position to sell these people. I mean, I'll let them hear what they want to hear. Sell them a T-shirt, sell them a hat, sell them on some crazy fucking idea, and I guarantee you I could do it. I could make them believe it. And that's a sad state of this country. If there are that many people that are that stupid and that gullible, that's a little dangerous. (laughs) JFK Jr., he's not coming back. I don't care what you say. Now, I will tell you this. There's a lot of people that wish he would come back. JFK Jr. and I are about the same age. And I remember when he was around, (laughs) my wife thought he was the most handsome man in the world. A lot of women did. And, of course, being the husband or the boyfriend or whoever you were at that time, you'd say, ah, he's not that good looking. Because <laughs> that's what you would do. It was hurting your ego. But I got to tell you, in retrospect, back in the day when he was young, before he died, he was a pretty good looking kid. <laughs> and I guarantee you, if he was still alive, he'd still be better looking than me. But unfortunately, he didn't survive that plane crash, and he's not coming back. So we'll uh, we'll see what the QAnon dipshits continue to do, because they continue to look foolish. And I can't help but laugh at them. Anybody that would come up to me and say, we're going to bring JFK Jr. back and put Trump back in office, I will laugh in their face. And that will piss them off, of course. But you know as well as I do that my hobby, my side hustle, is pissing off Trumplicans. I enjoy doing it. (laughs) Okay, let's get to some real news that isn't silly, that isn't stupid. The House Select Committee that is investigating the January 6th insurrection, they issued five more subpoenas. Now, three of them you probably haven't heard of, Jennifer Lawrence and some other guys. Uh, Not that Jennifer Lawrence, uh, (laughs) Not the movie star Jennifer Lawrence, the political Jennifer Lawrence. Anyway, the two that are notable are uh, Alex Jones and Roger Stone. Two fucking cartoon characters if you ever saw them. Now, you probably remember Roger Stone. This guy is a big mouth, a perpetual pathological liar. And this guy, he has been Donald Trump's buddy confidant, and mentor. I mean, Roger Stone's been around a long time. A lot of people maybe don't realize that he's been lurking around in the dark corners, the underbelly, the slimy portions of politics for decades. And when I say decades, I mean decades. He worked with Richard Nixon. This is the fucking 70s, late 60s, mid 70s. He worked for Richard Nixon. He was one of the people that was behind some of the dirty tricks that gave 
uh, Richard Nixon the name Tricky Dicky. Now, if you're old enough, you remember that. If you're not, I'm telling you, that's what they used to call Richard Nixon, Tricky Dick. And so this guy was so enthralled. He was a young man at the time, as you might guess, because that's, you know, 45, 50 years ago. He... He was a young man, and he was enthralled with Richard Nixon in spite of the fact that Richard Nixon ended up being a piece of shit, a psychopath, a sociopath, a narcissist, and a criminal. Frankly, he was a criminal. And if you say he wasn't a criminal, then why did, why did Gerald Ford have to pardon him? Because he would have been prosecuted. Now, here's the thing about Richard Nixon. He did some pretty fucked up shit, but maybe one-tenth of the fucked up shit that Donald Trump has done. So in some ways, I wish we had Richard Nixon back. At least he kind of knew how to do the job. He was a criminal. He wasn't honest. He was slimy, but he knew how to be president. And that was the big trouble with Donald Trump. He was a criminal. He was slimy. He was a piece of shit, and he had no clue what he was doing. And the way this country ended up by the time he left office is proof of that. So Roger Stone had been working with Tricky Dick Nixon back in the 60s and 70s. And he loved this guy so much, so much. Now, remember, this is the 70s, not the current time when everybody's getting tattoos for everything. In that time, when he's a young man, he loves Richard Nixon so good that he decides to get a tattoo of Richard Nixon's face on his back. It's still there. If you watch some of the documentaries and such, he shows it off. I mean, how fucking creepy is that? Of all presidents, maybe Lincoln, maybe Washington, maybe FDR, but fucking Richard Nixon? That's where Roger Stone started all this shit. And over the years, he's worked with Republicans in the, uh, in the political circles, helping them, mentoring them and such. He was in the ear of Donald Trump years ago trying to get him to run for president because he knew what he could do with him and all this criminality and this corruption stuff he could bring to the table so Donald Trump could win the election. Oh, and he also had some connections with the Russians who also had a lot to do with Donald Trump being elected in 2016. So now the House Select Committee wants to talk to him. There was some talk of him being involved in the insurrection, the planning, and all of it. They're saying he wasn't in D.C. on the day of the insurrection. But I swear to God, it it, it was at least the 5th of January. There was video of Roger Stone with the Oath Keepers, whom he's associated with, and we know they're domestic terrorists, and he was on video talking to the press. So he was likely one of the people that planned this whole insurrection shit. The way he talked, it's clearly the fact that he did. So they want to interview him, depose him, to find out what he knew about the insurrection. Now, the second notable person that they sent a subpoena to was this crazy fucking conspiracy theory, dipshit QAnon fuck, Alex Jones. Now, you know Alex Jones from his TV and his radio and the Internet stuff, um, InfoWars. Now, as far as I know, everything he had on the Internet has been pretty much shut down except his own web page. They can't shut down his own web page, but everything else, YouTube, Facebook, 
Instagram, whatever he was doing, he was shut down, much like Donald Trump was. And why? Well, because he was spewing stupid conspiracy stuff. In fact, just this week, or maybe it was late last week, he was found uh, responsible for monies owed to the parents of Sandy Hook. He had been sued by the parents of Sandy Hook because he kept going on the air saying it never really happened. Nobody really died. And this caused some traumatic effects on people who actually lost their kids. And they sued Alex Jones. Well, when the suit came to court, Alex didn't even fucking show up. He didn't show up at court. So that means he loses by default. And whatever they're asking for, they're going to get awarded from Alex Jones. Now, I'm not sure how much money it is total, but it's certainly multi-millions of dollars. It could very well bankrupt him and his company where he purveys this bullshit. I don't know what Alex Jones is thinking, but now he's subpoenaed by the House Select Committee, and it'll be interesting to see if he shows up. Now, what you can expect out of these two is that they're going to try to avoid every way possible of testifying. First of all, they might be culpable themselves in this insurrection. So maybe they claim the Fifth Amendment because they're worried about um, giving out information about their own criminality. They have that right with the Fifth Amendment. But you can bet that they're going to try to avoid it, delay it, and do all the things that Steve Bannon did. Unfortunately, it didn't work for Steve Bannon. He's been charged with criminal contempt of Congress, and he will be going to court, and he will most certainly lose. Now, the reason why it was so easy with Bannon is because in 2021, he didn't work for Donald Trump. He couldn't claim executive privilege. Oh, yeah, he tried, but it doesn't work. It doesn't happen. It doesn't matter. And it's the same with uh, uh, these two clowns, Roger Stone and Alex Jones. They didn't work for the president. Executive privilege doesn't even apply to them. And even if it did, Joe Biden says, yeah, we're not doing that. So now these guys will ultimately have to go to court one way or another. If they don't show up under the subpoena, they will be sent to the DOJ. They will be charged with criminal contempt of Congress. Now, you'll remember that Roger Stone has already been convicted of other crimes dealing with Russia and those sorts of things. But, of course, we know Donald Trump commuted his sentence. I don't think that gets rid of the felony, but it keeps him out of jail, and that's what he did. Roger Stone has done some niceties over the years for Donald Trump, mentored him. So Donald Trump returned the favor, as he is known to do. Roger Stone is out of jail, but now he's back in the ring of the legal risk that he's under. He needs to testify. He could be very well one of the people that are indicted ultimately with this insurrection. But at the very least, he needs to come to uh, Congress and speak out about what he knew about that day. If he doesn't, as I said, he and Alex Jones will be referred to the DOJ under criminal contempt of Congress charges, and if they sent, um, if they charged Bannon, they're going to charge these two clowns again. And guess what? There is no Donald Trump to uh, pardon them. They aren't going to get out of this one. So hopefully they'll understand that and won't take the risk 
of being charged with criminal contempt. It would be two charges for both, both for documents and for them showing up. So that means the potential two years in jail and $200,000 in fines. And be honest with you, after Alex Jones just lost this multi-million dollar lawsuit, he ain't going to have any money to pay $200,000, let alone um, $200. This guy's going to be broke, busted, and out of business. You know, we're watching the House Select Committee, and I know you're thinking that there's not a lot going on, but in fact, there is a lot going on. They've interviewed close to 200 people already in the Select Committee. They're going to gather all this information, and then they're going to release it to the public and to the DOJ, because there is without question crimes committed amongst some of the people they talk to and some of the people that these people talk to them about that maybe didn't show up or weren't indicted. This is ultimately going to come down to Donald Trump, Trump's family, his administration getting subpoenaed as well. And they'll all try to delay it, but clearly the precedent has been sent with with Bannon. Now, we're still waiting on Mark Meadows. He was the chief of staff under Donald Trump. He has been subpoenaed. He's refused. It's said that the House Select Committee is getting frustrated. Now, that's a little bit dicier because he did work for Donald Trump at the time, but still, executive privilege doesn't count when Donald Trump asks for it. So he will have to testify or go to the DOJ for criminal contempt. I think they're trying to give him some wiggle room to get this done because it would be better if he showed up. But whether... Meadows will actually agree to something? I don't know. I think they're trying to work on it now. But I'll be honest with you, at some point you got to say, fuck it, you're going to the DOJ. Then he may be able to change his mind and testify. Because he knows Bannon's going to jail, and he doesn't want to go to jail. He has a career. He has an image, a reputation. It's a shitty reputation, but he has a reputation nonetheless. So we got to see what Mark Meadows is going to do. It'll be interesting to hear how Roger Stone and Alex Jones respond to the subpoenas. Like I said, these fuckers are cartoon characters. They can't be taken seriously because all they spew is bullshit. So we'll see what happens when, uh, when we hear the responses to the subpoenas and then find out if they are going to show and if they are not going to show why. Now, one of the things I heard that... I don't know if it was Alex Jones or Roger Stone or some of the other three people that were subpoenaed. They said, we have our First Amendment right. Well, what does that have to do with it? They're not getting called to court to be charged. They're just being brought in front of Congress to talk. Your First Amendment right maybe says you can say anything, but why are you putting up a defense now when it isn't even a court yet? They just want to ask you questions. And to be perfectly honest with you, while you do have a First Amendment right, you will be held accountable, and there are consequences for some things you say. And besides, the First Amendment right doesn't save you from testifying or being deposed. That has nothing to do with it. They're not saying you couldn't say what you said. They're just looking for clarification on what you said and what you know. So that's a lame argument. That's not going to work, and they know better than that, but they're flailing here. 
things are starting to fall for these dumb fuck Republicans, and they will do anything to try to get out of it. Unfortunately for them, none of it will work. It just won't work. All right, let's take a quick break, and we'll be back shortly. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. So the big story the last day or so has been regarding this piece of shit in a red SUV who plowed through a Christmas parade in Waukesha, Wisconsin. I mean, we just have the Kyle Rittenhouse thing where he gets off free and clear. And now days later, we have some guy driving an SUV through a traditional Christmas parade. Now, we've heard about these things before. In some states, they've said it's okay if you're driving a car in and around a protest and people are trying to stop you. The law says, yeah, you can run people over. That's a wonderful law, isn't it? That makes a lot of fucking sense. But, of course, it's coming in the red states, and we're seeing more and more of that. But this this is a different situation. This wasn't a protest. This is one of the most wholesome, homespun things you can have a tradition of a Christmas parade. Now, they couldn't have it last year because of COVID, so everybody's excited to have it again this year to start reliving their tradition. It's family fun. Everybody's out to see what's going on. And in this parade, the people that were impacted by this nutcase were a high school band, a high school dance team, and something called the Dancing Grannies. These are older or even elderly women who do dance programs. They're very popular. They're beloved. And they were in the parade, which makes sense. So the guy that was driving this SUV is named Daryl Brooks. Now, Daryl Brooks sounds like a career criminal. He has a lot of things on his record. And a lot of these things involve violence. So this guy is a piece of shit. Now, as we understand it, we don't have the specifics. We've heard some rumors and such, but basically he was involved in some other domestic disturbance. I don't know what that means. Somebody once said that there was a stabbing and he was fleeing that. I don't know if that's true. It really doesn't matter what he was fleeing from. The fact is, He intentionally ran over and killed people. Five people died. More than 40, maybe 48 people are injured. Now, the people that died were all older women from 50 to like almost 80. So presumably these women were in that dance group, the Dancing Grannies. These are just older ladies that are having fun and making people smile. Well, five of those ladies were killed I'm not sure they were all with the dancing grannies, but I'm presuming that most of them were. Some of them might be bystanders. But the fact is, this car went through this crowd, killed them. Now, fortunately, no children were killed, but a number of children were hurt, and some of them are in critical condition. So we don't know what the future is for them. 
But the fact of the matter is, five people who are innocent and 48 people who are innocent were injured. Five people died senselessly. Made no sense. So they were able to apprehend this guy. They found the car, then they found him. First they said he was a person of interest, and now they say he is a suspect. He is no doubt the man that did it, especially when we know his background. Now one thing that somebody said, um, or somebody tried to point out as if it mattered, was that he was a black man. Well, so what? Who cares what he is? This isn't about race. This is about a piece of shit killing innocent people, injuring innocent people. Doesn't matter what his race is. He could be any race. The fact is, he as a human being, as an individual, is a piece of shit murderer. Now, what's interesting is how he's being charged. Now, if he's just a guy who ran through a crowd of people then uh, he might get manslaughter charges, which seems light, but that is what could happen. But what they're charging him with is five counts of intentional first-degree homicide, which is interesting. That might tell us something, might give us some insight as to what really happened. We understand he had left a domestic disturbance. We'd heard the prospect of maybe stabbing somebody or whatever. We don't know. But if he was involved in a crime, a felony, and he was fleeing that crime or felony, what he did in the parade is regarded as intentional murder, intentional homicide. So we have to presume that whatever happened before was pretty serious. And I'm sure we'll find that out later as time goes by, we get closer to the court case. But that had to be the case. Otherwise, he probably wouldn't have been um, charged with intentional homicide, first-degree homicide. Now, it's funny. When I was listening to some of the bystanders who witnessed this thing, a lot of them said he looked like he was intentionally trying to run people over. Now, we don't know if that's the case, but fact of the matter is, if you're coming up the backside of a parade and you're going at a high speed through that crowd, you know you're going to hit people, and you have to presume that you are going to kill people. So the fact that it's intentional seems to be pretty pretty simple, a no-brainer. Of course he was. Now, why he was doing that, that's going to be interesting to find out. Why indeed did he do this? There'll be an investigation, of course, and then there'll be a grand jury. He'll be indicted, and then he will go to court, and he will presumably go to jail for a long time. But here's here's the funny thing. Here's the very funny thing about this. He had just gotten out of jail on Friday. Apparently, there's overcrowding in the jails. They let him go on a thousand dollars bail. A thousand bucks. And then a guy goes and kills five people and injures, seriously, 48 people. What's that tell you about the judicial system? Clearly, you didn't look into who you were letting go or give a shit who you were letting go, because clearly, within days, he became a menace on the community he was released in. So, somebody needs to answer some question from the judicial service. 
because they fucked up big time on this. It cost people's lives and injured dozens of people. That's, that's the fucking crazy thing. Now, here's the other sad thing. We know Wisconsin is having trouble with COVID. And that means the hospitals are packed. Now, this incident happens, and you have 48 people injured, many of them children. You want to get them to a hospital as quickly as possible, and there was one within a few miles away from where the incident happened. Unfortunately, they couldn't go there because, well, it was 91% full. And you know why? Because of anti-vaccine fucking COVID people. That's why. More Trumplicans, more Republicans, more anti-vaxxers that refuse to get the jab, as they say. And now they have COVID, they're in a hospital, and they've packed it to the gills. So you know what has to happen? All these kids have to be airlifted to a children's hospital some distance away. That time that was wasted not tending to these kids could have serious ramifications. Kids could die. Kids could have permanent injuries because they couldn't get to a hospital quick enough. And the reason why they couldn't get to the hospital that was nearby is because a shitload of anti-vaxxers in the hospital with COVID because they're dumb fucks. Now, that in itself to me is very frustrating. I don't know what the fuck you can do about it, but it's really upsetting. I hope this guy fries. Yeah, there's no, there's no death penalty in Wisconsin, but if there was, here's a guy that deserves it. At the very least, he should be in jail forever with no possibility of parole. It'll be interesting to see how Wisconsin handles this. Now, you had the Kyle Rittenhouse thing, and they let him off free for killing and shooting three people, shooting three people, killing two. They let him off. They said, fuck it, he's, he's fine. He did everything right. Now, what's, what's going to happen with this situation? Well, we have one very important difference. The gentleman is black. And we know that in Wisconsin, that doesn't work well for you. So maybe this guy will see some true justice just based on the racism that clearly there is in the courts in Wisconsin. But above and beyond that, he deserves it. He's guilty. He needs to go to jail for a fucking eternity. So we'll see what happens with that. You know, we talk a lot about the uh, polls for Joe Biden and how he's not doing well now. But uh, I've told you before, once he gets done with all the things he's going to get done and some of these Republicans get exposed for who what, who they are, that's going to change the perception of Joe Biden and the Democrats. It's going to help them immensely. Um. And between now and 2022, there's a lot that Joe Biden and the Democrats have to get done. But even in a tighter schedule than that, in the next two weeks, Joe Biden and the Democrats have to get some serious shit done. Let's look. Okay, they've got to pass the Build Back Better bill, the Reconciliation Bill. It's already passed the House. They've got to get it passed in the Senate. They've got to hope against hope that Manchin and Cinema do what they said they were going to do, pass this thing and get it going. When it does get going, it's going to do wondrous things for this country. 
It's funny. I talk to people I know. I go, do you understand what's going to benefit you if this bill passes? And some of the smartest people I know say, no, I don't. Well, how do you not know? Part of it is Democrats' messaging. They don't do a very good job of letting people know what's positive about these bills. But part of it is, too, that people don't have the motivation or the ability to investigate these things. This is a bill that's going to cost $1.75 trillion, and they keep telling you that it's going to do you some good. Wouldn't you have the motivation to kind of dig down and read what this is covering? I don't have any special insight. I don't have somebody calling me and said, here's some secret information, Mike. I took the time. I Googled. I looked at bills. I read the bill. I looked into it. I want to know what we're getting for $1.75 trillion and if, in fact, it is going to help the people they say it's going to help. That's how I know it. See, that's the interesting thing. Everything I tell you, anybody else could get. Now, some people are busy or they don't want to trust me with the information. That's fine. But these people walking around in a haze saying, yeah, I, I don't know what's in it. That's fucking unacceptable. That's tax money that's being spent. It's going to benefit you. And don't you want to check into it and understand what it is? It might help you to approve of this bill being passed. And if it is passed, you should know what you're going to get and how it's going to help you. Come on, get off your ass. Take a look. Read. That's that's not that hard to do. It's not that hard to find. Just Google what's in the Build Back Better bill. There's all kinds of things. You're going to get health care and not pay more than 8% of your salary. You can get child care and not pay more than 7% of your salary. Do you realize how much money that is going to save a lot of people? So look into it. I'm disappointed when I talk to people I respect and I know they aren't Trumplicans. And I say, do you know what's in it? And they don't. They don't. Now, all of you that listen here should know because I told you. And I'm going to keep telling you until it sinks into everybody's mind. So all the things that Joe Biden has to do in the next two weeks, he's got to pass the Build Back Better bill in the Senate. They've got to avoid a government shutdown. We know what shutdowns do in this country, and it's going to be a mess if it gets shut down. They've got to raise the debt ceiling, and they've got to approve the military defense bill. All that shit has to be done in the next two weeks. The debt ceiling is the one we've been dicking around with it. Now, the problem with passing these things isn't that Joe Biden can't convince his his, uh, party to do it. The fact is the Democrats have to do it alone because the Republicans refuse to do anything. The only thing they do is cause obstruction. They're obstructionist. They don't want to do anything. And you as a public should understand that. Those of you that might want to vote Republican understand the entire Republican Party is refusing to do anything for the people of this country. I've asked people this. I said, you know that this Build Back Better bill and the infrastructure bill are transformational. And they look at me kind of weird. What do you mean? I said, what that means is going to make huge, dramatic changes in this country. 
and it's really going to benefit things. But here's the crazy thing about this. They will tell you, the Democrats will tell you, that this is the most transformational bill in decades, like 60 years, six decades. And I wonder why people aren't angry about that. I'm 61 years old. That means in my entire life, my entire life, after all the taxes I paid, after all the taxes my parents paid, your parents paid, everybody's paid, this is the first time, the first fucking time that they are willing to do something for the middle class, for the people who have been paying taxes all these years. Doesn't that piss you off? Doesn't that sound weird? They think nothing of giving $2 trillion in a tax cut to rich people. Nobody complains about that. Nobody says, how are we going to pay for that? But the moment they want to give money to the people of this country, the backbone of this country, meaning the middle class, everybody's going, oh, shit, we can't afford that. But how is it possible that in my entire lifetime, and I'm an old man, I'm 61, how is it the only time in our lifetime that something has been done of a significant nature for the middle class is right now, and they still have to fight to get the fucker done? Does that not piss you off, that in all those years, they haven't really tried to do anything for you? They just bullshitted you and said, well, give it to the rich, it'll trickle down, and it'll all be great. But for 40 years, it never worked. And in 60 years or more, they still haven't done anything for us. We got all kinds of bills with the Defense Department. We're paying all kinds of money, and nobody's questioning the cost. And what we're paying and what we're budgeting for our defense is about triple of anybody close to us in the world for defense funding. And most of those people that are close to us is... Well, within a third of what we're spending, are all, are all uh, allies. We don't have to fight them. We're not going to fight them. This money is being spent to the, uh, sent to the Defense Department to pay all these big manufacturers of weapons and such, and they're getting the money because they, in turn, give the money back to the politicians. Does this whole scenario not piss you off? That in all this time, these fucking people, whether they be Democrats or Republicans, have not done one thing for you. And now that they're set up to do something that will be transformational, the Republicans are saying, nope, don't want to do that. Apparently, Republicans have never wanted to do anything for Americans. And to be perfectly honest with you, the Democrats were reluctant over the years, too. It just so happens now they are going to do it. So we need to jump on it, take it. And run with it, because this is going to be a big difference for this country. Now, one of the last things I wanted to talk about is is also kind of a silly story. And I just saw this um, reported. We know Donald Trump has a lot of lawsuits against him and and, uh, criminal investigations and that sort of thing. But here's the deal. He's supposed to be a billionaire, right? You would think at the very least somebody with billions of dollars could afford their legal fees. But apparently Donald Trump can't. He's not only begging his Trumplifucks to send him money, which they are doing, 
And much like the QAnon freaks, they find out that Donald Trump isn't spending it on defense or uh, stopping the steal or or uh, stopping election fraud. He's just pocketing it. But that's not enough. Did you know the RNC, the Republican National Committee, is paying some of Donald Trump's legal fees with regards to what's happening in New York? Now, none of this has anything to do while he was president. This is all personal stuff that happened before he became president. But somehow, the RNC, the people that run the Republican Party, the people that collect money from Republican voters, is handing over money to pay Donald Trump's legal fees. To date, they've spent $120,000, and there's more to come. Why is it a billionaire needs to grift money from the people and from the RNC. Why is that? Why is it that the RNC is willing to hand this clown money? Well, apparently they're afraid. Donald Trump is one of these guys that starts ranting and raving and gets people pissed off. He has bullied and uh, shackled the Republican Party to do his bidding. They should be ashamed for being cowards. They should be ashamed for falling in line with all this criminal activity and the corruption because they are part and parcel to it. Even if they aren't doing it, they're supporting it in Donald Trump. And for whatever reason, the RNC is paying a shitload of money to cover his legal expenses that he incurred before being president. There is no fucking excuse for this. Now, there's one other thing that's going on, and I've talked about this before, but apparently the investigation is heating up. It's in New York, in the Manhattan District, and I believe Letitia James, the Attorney General, is also looking into this. I told you about a situation or a habit that Donald Trump had over his lifetime in business. He would lie, surprisingly. So if he was trying to get a loan on some of his property... He would take, say, a $10 million building, tell him it's $20, $30, $40, or $50 million so he could get more money. But when it came to paying taxes, he would say this $10 million building is only worth $2 million, so he didn't have to pay as many taxes. But here's the problem. That is illegal. That is fraud, tax fraud, insurance fraud, uh, bank fraud, and that's a big problem. Well, now they're digging deep on this. Michael Cohen said he did it. There's been proof shown that he does it. And now they are investigating very deeply. Now, you know the Manhattan District already indicted his company and his CFO. So this can only mean that they're looking strong at Donald Trump and his family because they run the organization. And by doing what they're doing, they are committing fraud. And as I've said before, the Manhattan District started up a new grand jury. The old one is over, and they've got the indictments they got out of that grand jury. They now have a new grand jury, and they're looking deep into this area. This is going to point directly at Donald Trump, his family, and anybody that's close to him in the organization. They've already got the CFO. So that's heating up, and he clearly did it. And he wasn't stupid enough, or he wasn't smart enough to hide it. He's an idiot.
He's arrogant, and he thought he could get away with it. Well, he's not going to get away with it. It's fraud. And when it's bank fraud, insurance fraud, and tax fraud, you got a lot of people coming after your ass wanting money that you stole from them, essentially. So it's going to be interesting to watch that as well. All right, we're running out of time, so let's wrap things up for yet another Rational Boomer podcast. If you have questions, comments, or complaints, send me an email at rationalboomer at gmail.com or go to anchor.fm, find the Rational Boomer podcast, and leave a voicemail. Always interested in hearing from you. So you have a good rest of the day. We will talk to you again very shortly. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.